world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, Homefield Apparel. Com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word. Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn Undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast, we are proud to be partnered with Prime Shrimp, a New Orleans-based shrimp company, to offer our listeners some delicious, easy-to-cook shrimp in just minutes. These guys have been peeling shrimp since the 40s, and they are excited to offer you guys restaurant-quality shrimp straight to your door in under 10 minutes without the usual mess and fuss. Take the frozen pouch out of your freezer, drop in a pot of boiling water, and again, it's ready to serve however you want it in 10 minutes. You guys can head over to primeshrimp.com. And with promo code Auburn247, all caps, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. Again, that's code Auburn247, all caps, all one word for $20 off your first order. If you don't love it, get your money back. Their flavors include Signature Season, French Quarter Alfredo, Garlic Herb Butter, and the Louisiana Shrimp Boil, which is personally my favorite. I'll tell you guys what I've done three or four times. Grab a loaf of French bread, bake it until it's crispy, get some lettuce, whatever other toppings you want, stuff some Louisiana Shrimp Boil in there and get yourself a po' boy. It is absurdly good. Get you some frozen French fries, pop them in the oven while you're making it, and it's super easy, super tasty seafood meal in like 20 minutes by the time you're done with everything. Remember, guys, use code AUBURN247, all one word, all caps, $20 off your first purchase at primeshrimp.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Of course, we are continuing to roll through Auburn's 2022 schedule, previewing each game. We are in the heart of the SEC slate for the Tigers, and we've almost wrapped this thing up. Only got a few more games um, to go. We just recorded a few days ago with Trey Biddy from hogsports.com talking about the Arkansas matchup in Jordan-Hare. Now we are joined by Paul Jones from Jeans Page, our Mississippi State 24-7 site, to talk about one of the most interesting teams in the country over the past few seasons, namely because of Mike Leach. 
Um, you never know what you're going to get from this team, but you know they're always going to be um, exciting and entertaining. And certainly they were a thorn in Auburn's side last season. Obviously they um, were the culprits of the biggest blown lead at home in Auburn history um, when Will Rogers decided to go uh, go supernova in that game. So excited for this episode here and for Paul's insight. So uh, Paul, first of all, wanted to talk a little bit about last season, year two, under Mike Leach. Of course, anytime, you know, all the coaches that got started in the COVID season, it was, you know, a little weird. And this was truly his first full regular season. Um, they go six and six in the regular season. Obviously, they, um, or excuse me, I may, I may be off on that. They go seven and six overall. So, yeah, um, good wins in there, obviously, against Auburn. Got a good win against Kentucky, Texas A&M. And like we were talking about before the show, this team also lost to Memphis and had, had some sort of sporadic games like that. Just what was the overall vibe from those within the program, from Leach, sort of their impressions of last season? Was it a success? Did they overachieve? Just kind of your general thoughts, you know, a, a postmortem on the on the 2021 season for Mississippi State. Well, I think inconsistency, I mean, you, you, just, you just ran through that. I mean, a team that could beat NC State and Kentucky and A&M and Auburn on the road. Um and then lose in Memphis and also lose a home game to an LSU team that was pretty down last year. Um, but, you know, I, I think you look at that inconsistency, but <clears throat> there were moments offensively and defensively where you saw their inexperience starting to grow. Uh, you, you saw some some flashes of, of big plays on both sides. But if I had to pinpoint one thing last year, and I, I think most of the media that covered Mississippi State would agree with me, it had to be special teams. I mean, Mississippi State entered the year with a, a solid kicker in Brandon Ruiz, a former transfer from Arizona State, and he was he was excellent his first year at Mississippi State, but then he got hurt. Uh, I think it was some back issues, and Mississippi State special teams, I, if they didn't finish dead last in D1 last year in production and efficiency, they were, they were close to last. I mean, you're talking about – <clears throat> Excuse me, and the, the Arkansas game, for example, a game that went right down to the wire and, and Mississippi State missed three field goals in that game. I mean, I mean that's a that's a win if you just make one of those field goals. Same thing against LSU, missed a couple field goals in the upset loss at Memphis. They misplayed a punt return where the official supposedly downed the ball, but they didn't have it long enough, whatever. I mean, it was a missed call, but still another special teams blunder that, that hurts you in getting a win. So I think they've done an excellent job this offseason of, of bringing in guys uh, to help improve special teams from a punting situation, from a field goal situation. They brought in Coastal Carolina transfer kicker, uh, Massimino Biscardi, uh, one of the top transfer kickers in the country. Uh, to me, fixing that part, because you know in the SEC so many games come down to the final play or the final minute, and a field goal make or miss can determine a win or a loss. And uh, I think they did a good job of fixing those issues. Of course, the season will tell the tale how good those guys really are when, when the lights are on. But, um, man, you look at a, a production standpoint on, on both sides of the ball, uh, I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of efficiencies and production lists. And Mississippi State's either number one or number two on that as far as the amount of experience and production brought back. I mean, uh, I'm sure you'll get into it later offensively and defensively, but and I think overall it's 18 returning starters. Yeah, definitely want to get into that because, like you said, they might be tops in the SEC 
in that regard. And you're talking about Mike Leach, you know, kind of getting things rolling. You looked at his past stops. Year three was kind of the point where maybe this, you know, particular offense of his started to get more comfortable. Um, we'll, move, we'll move on to, to quarterback now with with Will Rogers coming back as a starter. Um, I talked about it last episode with with Trey Biddy from Arkansas, but um, you know, throughout the SEC, there's a ton of quarterback competitions. Um, this year we were talking about it before recording, but um, there's a lot of question marks across the league, and that should be that should make for an interesting season. And a lot of those come back come down to quarterback competition. So it's nice to have continuity there. Mississippi State, you've got a really prolific guy um in Will Rogers coming back for, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this will be his third straight season as the starter. So lots of experience running this offense um, for Mike Leach. So Auburn fans, they saw they saw the best of Will Rogers last season against against Auburn in that game. Obviously, leading that really big comeback. I forget his final numbers, but whatever they were, they were records for Jordan Hare Stadium for an opponent in there. And as they led, I believe what the biggest was a it was a twenty five point comeback in that game. Talking about Rogers, what does he do where he operates this offense well? You know, in in those kinds of games. Um, what makes him a good quarterback, you know, a good orchestrator for Leach's offense. And then at the same time, talking about consistency, how can he get to a point where he's having those types of performances, obviously not six touchdowns, but, you know, highly efficient performances on a more week to week basis and, and and give Mississippi State an opportunity to to win more games. Yeah, I think that second half, he had like one incompletion. And, yeah, you know, I, I think if you cornered Mike Leach, that would be his perfect way of how the air raid offense is supposed to look every single Saturday. Obviously, you're not going to get that every Saturday. But, you know, Will, uh, I think accuracy, good decision-making. Obviously, he, he throws the ball a ton but doesn't have many interceptions. And, you know, he, you know, a lot of people say it's a product of the system, but you still got to hit those five, ten-yard outs. Uh, they, don't, they don't go vertical all that much. But, you know, he's very accurate with the football on a lot of throws. Uh, where Will can make a big presence as far as making a jump is is having that internal clock in his head work faster. And as you know, Nathan, that's a lot of that comes with experience and going through the wars and the battles and the pressure in the SEC. Uh, that's just something that comes with experience and being able to move around the pocket better. And, uh, it, you know, he's, he, he's not K.J. Jefferson. He's not going to run over you. He's not going to you know, be a dual threat guy, but there are things he can do better with his feet and, and feeling the pressure. Uh, of course, in this offense, you know, you got to get that ball out in three or four seconds, and, and that's always a key. But, you know, I think another thing that will help Will this year is being pushed. You know, last year they had a walk-on chance, Lovertich behind Will. That was really the only competition, and there really was no competition. You know, we thought there was going to be a uh, more of a, of a competition in that room but then Jack Abraham, a former Southern Miss transfer, suffered some concussions, had some injuries where he had to sit out the entire season. Uh, and, of course, now he's in Missouri. But uh, there, there just wasn't anybody behind Will. And, um, you know, I think that's different this year with Sawyer Robertson, former four-star, four 24-7 sports four-star prospect from Texas. He redshirted last year. Uh, and he really made a lot of good strides this spring, which was his first in Mississippi State. But just having that competition, you know how it is. At any position, having that competition, not saying Will's going to be looking over his shoulder in games, but Sawyer's going to be able to push him in practice and, and during the season. You talked about the returning production for this team. Um, according to SP Plus, ESPN, now this was a few months ago, um, they're top 10 in the country in terms of defensive returning production. They're still top 40 in that regard. 
on offense. Where are these where you, you talked about, you know, them they're only missing three starters from last season. What does that look like for the offense this year? And, and what do you think they need to do for guys not named Will Rogers in order to take another step toward, you know, consistency and, and, and continuing to hope to be one of the best offenses in the SEC? Well, you know, they only lost a couple guys, but they were pretty big guys. Mikhail Polk uh, set, was only here one year, but set school records with 100 receptions, over 1,000 yards receiving. And, then of course, Charles Cross, first-round NFL left tackle. Uh, those are big pieces to replace. And you're not going to replace Charles Cross, and, and I think everybody knows that. They just need to be slightly above average, solid at left tackle. Uh, got a lot of other pieces back on the offensive line. And, and LaQuinston Sharp will be uh, his third year as center. He was granted a six-year of eligibility by the NCAA, and that was huge for them because he's, he's probably their bell cow on that offensive line. But, you know, receiver-wise, I don't think we're going to see a guy have 100, 100 catches in this offense this year, but I think there's a combination of guys that can help take up Polk Slack. Uh, Laditra Griffin, Jaden Wally, Austin Williams, Jameer Calvin, a lot of solid receivers. Uh, Ra-Ra Thomas is another one that, that could have a breakout year this year and could turn into a go-to guy. And then, of course, they brought in some transfer receivers and brought in a lot of a uh, couple four-star high school kids with Xavion Thomas uh, and Marquez Dort. So with Mike Leach, he's going to play eight or nine receivers. And, you know, it, you know what Polk did last year was special. I mean, to, to be that guy – in that kind of offense and to be there every Saturday getting nine or ten catches. I think they'll have several guys in this offense get eight or nine catches. And, of course, when when you talk about receivers, you got to talk about the running backs too because they're just as big uh, in that passing game as probably any offense in the country. Jaquavius Marks, Dylan Johnson. <clears throat> you know, my coworker Robbie Falk was doing some numbers this offseason. And you look at Jaquavius Marks running back, uh, he's entering his third year, too, just like Will as a starter. Uh, that guy's only 53 catches away from being the school's all-time receptions leader for his career. Uh, so that, that's kind of hard to believe, but in this offense, those, those running backs, they're going to get 20 or 25 touches a game like normal SEC backs, but probably 70% of those are going to come in the passing game. But, you know, like you said, a lot of production, a lot of experience back, and I expect those guys to be more consistent this year. Yeah, I remember specifically in that Auburn game, realizing what Leach was doing there in the second half, that that second level of Auburn's defense kept getting pulled in by the short passes to the running game. And when you do that, all of a sudden those quick slants are open and those get you, you know, 10, 15 yards. And so um, it was sort of like you said, it was it was a masterful performance for them. And that obviously is the is the peak of what that uh, what that air raid offense can be. Mississippi State's defense to me is is really intriguing this season because of how many guys they return. Just talked about it. Number eight, according to SP Plus, um, in terms of returning production. I know they've had a really strong defensive front. That's, that's sort of been, you know, their forte the last few seasons. They've had good corners as well. Um, what is the strength of the defense this season? Um, and how good do you think they can be getting all these guys back? And, and kind of what are some differences we might see with this unit this year? You know, they return their entire two deep on the defensive line. And not only that, Nathan, they get Jordan Davis back. Uh, he's a former four-star on 24-7 sports. Uh, was was set to start a defensive end last year and then towards ACL in the first training, training camp scrimmage. 
but he was out for the year. You get him back. Uh, the only linebacker they lost was Aaron Brule, who transferred out to Michigan State. Uh, so they have a, a lot of familiar faces back there. I think uh, another guy you gotta you gotta replace Brule is one. Um, Martin Emerson, a cornerback, went early in the NFL draft. But to me, their depth and their overall room at cornerback is probably going to be better this year. The Camryon Richardson really stepped up this spring opposite Emmanuel Forbes. Obviously, Forbes is a known name in the SEC. I think he has, I believe, eight picks in his first two years at Mississippi State with three or four pick sixes. Uh, they, they also brought in one of the top JUCO cornerbacks in the country, DeCarlos Nicholson. Uh, Marcus Banks, cornerback from Alabama, transferred in. And, you know, I, I feel good about the cornerbacks room. I think there's still some question marks on the safety and their cover skills. You know, I thought last year they took a step back. Uh, Jalen Green, a former Texas transfer, he was solid last year and really improved his cover skills. But uh, they had to really improve the talent on that back end. And, and we'll see if they did that. Uh, so far in the spring, I, I thought they really did that, though, with Jackie Matthews, a transfer from West Virginia. Uh, a few weeks ago, they brought in former Michigan transfer safety Jordan Morant. Uh, so I think they've increased their talent on the back end of safety. Depth is a question mark there and inexpensive depth at linebacker. But, you know, if you if I had to pick one position, it would obviously be in the trenches with that defensive line because, uh, man, I think they've got, of course, we're still in those COVID years where some guys could come back for a COVID year. But I think they've got six to seven seniors in that front line, defensive wow. line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is it about? I, I asked Trey the same question about Barry Odom. It seems like he's had a pretty comparable presence there at Arkansas the last two seasons, just allowing that defense to be successful. Zach Arnett is a guy that we we kept hearing last year. His name come up in in you know coaching jobs, and Mike Leach gets him um, to stay in Starkville. He's been one of the better coordinators in the SEC at least just last season. Um, what is it about his scheme and and the way he's coached these guys? that's allowed the Bulldogs to be so successful or at least comparative, you know, to what they were doing previously and allowed him to be such a good coordinator. Well, he's going to bring pressure and, and he's going to bring pressure from a lot of different places. Last year, they, that burned him at times though, because the pressure would get there, but wouldn't make the sack or, or would miss a running back coming out of the flats. And, and when you miss like that in SEC, you're going to get burned. It's just too many, too much talent, too many great players when you miss on blitzes. And, and that happened a good bit last year. Uh, you know, Arnett is a, a player's type of coach. They love playing for him. They're going to play hard for him. And, uh, you know, one thing different this year, Arnett was coaching the the inside linebackers 
for his first two years. Now he's coaching the safeties, hoping to improve that unit, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but but Arnett is is a uh, he, he has a different style, and and you know I know a lot of offense uh, defenses in SEC. It, it's tough on them to prepare for the air raid offense in one week. It was sometimes you can say the same thing about Arnett's three 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 five defense. Uh, it's something you don't see often, and and it is unique, and and it brings different pressures from all over. But uh, I think his biggest thing is is the chances he takes and. Uh, you know, the the pressure was not there last year that they needed. And like I said, a lot of that was just missed tackles in the backfield. But, you know, helping the secondary, nothing helps them more than getting pressure on the quarterback and those things go hand in hand. So I think that's, that's going to be the biggest thing to watch for this year is how much pressure they can generate in that front seven or eight. It'll be just a few days, probably a week from tomorrow when the media days poll, the preseason SEC poll, will come out. We were talking before we started. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the bottom of the SEC West shakes out. I think Mississippi, both Mississippi State and Auburn are contenders maybe to be picked at the bottom of the West, but that's just that's kind of funny to say for a team like Mississippi State that we've been talking about this whole time as a returning quarterback. It's year three for Mike Leach, lots of you know great production coming back on defense. As you look at this 2022 schedule for them, which has a really interesting start, they get the revenge game opportunity against Memphis. They go to Arizona. Um, they go to LSU. Obviously, they'll look to replicate what they did in Baton Rouge two years ago. What do you think about this schedule overall for them and and just kind of a general outlook? How many wins are you sort of hovering around at the moment as we're still, you know, far out from the season? But but you know, how how good do you think the schedule stacks up for them this fall? Well, I think it's a give and take. I mean, you replace Vanderbilt with Georgia on the schedule, so obviously that's that's a tough one, but uh, Non-conference-wise, you basically replace NC State with Arizona. And, and then, you know, we mentioned the upset to Memphis last year. I think Mississippi State has a good shot of going 4-0 in those non-conference games this year. And, uh, you know, if they can duplicate what they did last year in the SEC and go 4-4, four and four, uh, and then, like I said, they had a chance to have a winning record last year in the SEC with several, you know, a couple of close losses. But, uh, man, the SEC West is always – I think we get so in a routine where we pick the same teams over and over without, you know, there's not much diving into the process. I understand Alabama being number one pretty much 99% of every year. That's that's just uh, where we are right now with that. But, man, behind Alabama, I think it's going to be hard to pick. I, I think Arkansas will be a trendy pick in number two. I think Ole Miss could, could get some votes in number two. Um, you know, LSU, people are looking at different chains. They're always going to have talent, but obviously they're going through a, a transition period. And, you know, Auburn and Mississippi State, it, it's – I would expect Auburn and Mississippi State to probably be consistently in those six and seven spots. And, and then I think outside of Alabama, you could you could pull a name out of the hat with the rest and pick them where you, you pull them out of the hat. Yeah, yeah it would be really interesting to see how this one plays out. Like you said, it, it – wouldn't be surprising. Alabama will probably be the pick to win the entire league um, as they are most seasons. That, that, that's obviously not a shock. But the rest of the SEC West, so many question marks, um, allows for maybe affords the opportunity for a pretty fun season. Um, I think this game against Auburn for Mississippi State, um, it falls in a big spot for both teams. You're talking about that first Saturday there in November. It's, it's funny to talk about it from this far out because – we have no idea what these teams are going to look like. So much will have changed probably 
by then. But but one thing that is true is probably both teams will have their identities down for better or for worse. Um, this has been an interesting series in the Leech era. That first year was that rescheduled game. Got canceled because of COVID. Ended up being in December in Starkville. Rodgers and that offense couldn't do anything in that game. Auburn's pass rush was fantastic. I think they had seven sacks or something like that. He really didn't have time to let go of the ball. Then you talk about last year's game. Auburn takes a huge lead, and, and then Rodgers looks like you know the best quarterback in SEC history um, there in the second half. Just as, as we sit, I say this on every single show that we've been doing, previewing Auburn's opponents, but we are still well, well a ways away from the season. But at this juncture, what are your thoughts on not only how Mississippi State matches up with Auburn, at home this season, getting them getting them back in Starkville after winning in Jordan Hare, but also the positioning of this game and, and what it might mean for Mississippi State schedule. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point of the season, you know, injuries will be a big deal. Who's out? You know, who's playing well? Uh, I, I think on paper, you, it's a game Mississippi State should win, and and I think it's a game that that all the fans in Mississippi State expect to win. And uh, you know, with with their schedule in the SEC, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've seen them anywhere from number one or number two toughest schedule in the country. So games like this, you have to win, uh, the, especially at home. And like you said, it, it's, it's been it's been a different type of deal in, in these meetings. But, you know, over the past decade, it's, this has been a good series. It, it's been a back-and-forth series. It's been, a you know, more times than not, close games, entertaining games. Uh, but I think that's a game that Mississippi State has to win if they're going to be able to pull off eight or nine wins this season, I, you know, and, and I know it may sound crazy to say if we're sitting here because of all the love Texas A&M gets, but to me, that's another game that Mississippi state has to win at home in order to reach those eight or nine wins and hit their ceiling for this year. And of course, you know, I, I saw a lot of people, I think even, uh, even Josh Pate was picking Mississippi state to upset A&M. Of course, our site had a lot of fun with that because state Mississippi State's five and three against A and M in the last eight years, so it, it really wouldn't be that big of an upset. Especially you know they went on the road last year and beat A and M the week before A and M came back and beat Alabama. But uh, you know I, I think that Auburn game is one that you obviously there's no cakewalks in the SEC, um, and you have to bring it every Saturday. But I think that is a game that Mississippi State's going to have to win in order to reach what they can in in 2022. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to see the differing perspectives from both these sides at the moment. Like you said, it makes a lot of sense that Mississippi State should think, yeah, Auburn's coming to Starkville. You see what you did against them last year. Maybe it's a down year for Auburn. You should get that game. At the same time, I've heard a lot of Auburn fans talk to them this summer saying, oh, the Mississippi State game is, is one we've got to get. You know, the better talent, all that kind of stuff. Got to go on the road, and, and there's no reason they should lose that game. So it's, you know, you, you hear both sides as a, as a must-win game, and that's what will make this season so intriguing and you know it'll be interesting to see what transpires for for both of these teams heading into that game right there is in week 10 the first saturday of november so um thanks so much to to paul thanks thank you paul for uh, for hopping on today again guys go check out jeanspage.com they, they do great work covering mississippi state and the bulldogs you guys can follow paul on twitter at pj 24 7 sports as is the case with all of our guests on this uh this this preview series we will of course loop back around with them in three months when November rolls around and, uh, and preview that game in Starkville. And I'm excited to get back to Starkville. And uh, what is that ice cream place called that, that has the Dan Mullen one? I had that a couple years ago. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bob's. It's like a, is it, was that it? It's like a small little place. And they had, they had an ice cream named after Dan Mullen and it was incredible. Yeah, it they was had, like a, 
back to uh, is Bops. Bops is what you're thinking about. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I, I, that was like a day trip for me last time, but I understand Starkville's got a lot of good food, so I need to maybe make it a Friday night thing this time around and uh, get some suggestions on on where to go. So excited for that one. That should be a big game there in the SEC West. If you guys enjoyed the show today, please leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Again, go follow Paul on Twitter at PJ247Sports. Until the next episode, catch you guys later with the rest of Auburn's schedule, and everybody have a great rest of the week.